welcome everybody to the Grown Up Girls Report Book Club. This is our fifth book club, people. So if you have been listening every week and even better, reading the book every week, well, well done. We may even be doing some certificates and gold stars at the end of this intense reading period. Um, But look, if you haven't, don't worry. Just read what you can, when you can. The whole aim of this book club is to get us reading. And to be honest, in the middle of the night, I had the idea. um, Well, I thought, look, you know what? One of the best things we can do while we sit at home and wait out this corona pandemic is read. And I have to say that reading has something for me that... Over the last 20 years, while I've been in that intense parenting phase with my four sons and I've been juggling work and, I don't know, a constantly messy house and crazy commitments, it just fell off my radar. It was just the sort of thing on my list that I could cross off at the end of a busy day. And so I was so determined to make 2020 the year of reading and I feel like this is actually a golden opportunity. In many ways, one of the silver linings of this, uh, of this, of the corona pandemic. So let's get into it. Today, we are going to be talking about a book which I have to say has generated a lot of discussion online this week. It is Where the Crawdads Sing by um, American author Delia Owens. And I am delighted to have a very, very, I want to say old friend, but she's not old. She's gorgeous and she's so young at heart, but old in terms of the depth of our friendship. Louise Talbot here to talk to me about the book. Hello, beautiful girl hello how are you good doll good 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 now we are on zoom our zoom life continues louie doesn't it yes yes that's good it's okay i'm getting into the swing of it oh i agree i agree and in many ways this is is my third my third zoom thing so i'm fine yeah Yeah, you're all good you're you're a pro my friend you're a pro and and i have to say louie in many ways it's a little time it's quite time efficient isn't it doing things on zoom sure sure just get up come downstairs Away you go. Switch on. Yeah. No travel time. No need to do yes. the hair. No travel case. No, no. All very natural. All very natural. All very natural. All very easy. All very easy. All very easy. So, so Louis, how are things going with you now? Obviously, we're getting a hint of freedom. We're, it's looking like, you know, ScoMo's going to oh, give yes. us a little bit of reprieve. But how have you guys yes, coped with the isolation and the lockdown? At first, I was quite, it was quite, I was quite panicked, I think, um, thinking, oh, no, this is, this is going to be so hard and not really knowing what was happening and I don't really like it when there's no structure in the day and um, but after a couple of weeks we um, everyone got into a good routine and we've all got on a health kick um, the the boys are like Angus in year 12 has been studying pretty solidly, solidly every day and he's the, the school library's been open for two weeks so he's just gone to the library every day and gets his work done there um, everyone else has just been working online um, doing lots of meetings, Zoom, um, and um, yeah, we've just been everyone's running and meeting friends and going for big walks, and yeah, we just tried to do a, like a real health kick actually, and um, and now everyone's the boys going back to school on Monday full time, so yippee! I can't wait to be by myself. <laughs> <laughs> I do agree with that. I do. Agree. In the house is that terrible? No, no. I think every other mother's oh. thinking the same thing. Yes, get me out. I'm going for long walks just to be by myself. <laughs> and we love but, um, them. God, no, we be, love them. Yeah. God, we, we love them and they're beautiful boys, but um, I just want to be by myself. <laughs> yes, no. Or with my girlfriends. Yeah, I know. Yeah. I know. I hear you. But anyway, it's, 
it's it's worked out well. We've got into a real fitness groove and I'm happy. Yeah. Good yeah. stuff. Good stuff. Good it's stuff. It's worked out all right. Yeah, no, that's really good. That's really good, my friend. Well, we're, we're, mm. we're all this very much the same here because Lou and I between us actually have seven boys. So I'd like to think that we've got a bit of expert know-how, my friend, between, between us. <laughs> Yes, we're surrounded. We are absolutely surrounded. But, but in, my, in my world this week, I, I actually got about a week ago after I recorded the last podcast, got quite sick and um, we had this crazy virus and I'm still sort of, you know, on the tail end of it. But I, I had the yeah, corona test as, as all good Australian citizens should have. If they've got any symptoms, you go and get the corona test. And obviously, yes. pleased to report it is negative. Um, but, uh, yeah, so, so my world has just been I'm very much... For you. Yeah, it was a bit. It was a bit scary mm. then because I've, I've spent a lot of time with my parents, and so I was a little worried that I may, mm. you know, unknowingly infected them. But no, we're we're all good. We're all good. But uh, but yes, we've got a hint of my youngest son's going to go back to school next week too. So I am secretly, I love him. God, I love him. He's a great kid. But you know, I'm, I'm, I really do. But you know, that's one lesson yeah. in the house. But you know what I did last week when I was because I, I had to isolate until I got the results of my COVID nineteen test. Oh, so, right. Yes, so I was bunkered down in the bedroom with trays of food appearing outside the door with special knocks to, oh. to you know, indicate what was on the tray. It was all very, you know, high tech. Um, but but anyhow, I know, lots of mashed potato and, and sausages. Thank you, Peter McCann. But um, anyhow, but I did get into our book. So, and I, and I you know, Good. secondly lie there and read the beautiful book where the, where the crawdad sings so so let's let's chat about the book, my friend. And you know, when I was putting together the list for what books we're going to cover in the book club, this one just this was an obvious choice for so many different reasons. The first reason why I really was drawn to it was actually in response to reading Julia Baird's Phosphorescence, which was one of the was the first book we read. Mm. It was a stunning book, and in Julia in the Phosphorescence talks about the value of awe and wonder and the natural world, and and where the crawdads sing is very much about um, the natural world. In fact, some experts have described it as an ode to the natural world. So I thought, right, Alex, that fits with that. Perfect. Mm. That's another reason. Um, yeah. It also in 2019, it was a massive hit. Um, Reese Witherspoon just read it and loved every page was the quote. And in fact, she's going to be producing a movie, which is very exciting on it. So I thought, right, that's another reason we need, we need to get into it. Um, mm. it, also, it, it also sold, I think it was the biggest selling book in 2019. Um, the other thing, the other reason why it intrigued me was that I didn't know what the heck a crawdad was. I no. thought, what the heck's a crawdad? <laughs> And as my lovely friend Antoinette, thank you so much, Antoinette, for sharing. She actually wrote in and said, well, she didn't know what a crawdad was either. Pleased to refer to tell everyone it's actually a crayfish, like a big prawn. Oh, right, right. I just couldn't. I did Google it. I didn't really get a response. No. no, no. I couldn't really work it out. (laughs) So I had to know. So that intrigued me. And I also knew that it dealt with themes around loneliness and family and and the narrative that I suppose that we're forever shaped by the children we once were. So I was intrigued. And I know my friend Lou Mm. that I, I did actually ask you to read this one. You didn't really get a lot of free choice, but was there any reason why you were excited about it? What, What was sort of, why did it appeal to you, my friend? Yes, well, I just did a quick Google search. I saw it had been on um, a New York Times bestseller list for weeks and weeks. Like, was it 26 weeks or something? I thought, wow, that's rare these days. It's, it's rare to have an unusual word in the title. And, um, and then it was all about the natural world I, as well. I, I was a bit intrigued too. And um, I just thought, wow, this looks amazing. This looks amazing. I was, I was um, 
I got through it quickly in the end. Once I sat down, I, I got through it quickly and yeah. Good girl. Righto. So let's get into it. What is the Where the Crawdads Sing about? So the book is about, really in summary, it's a crime thriller, it's a coming-of-age tale with a bit of romance Mm. and some lovely Mm. lush nature Mm. writing thrown in. Um, Something for everybody. But, Louis, do you want to fill people in? Now, now we're not going to give any spoilers away, but do you want to give... some more details out there for our listeners so that people who haven't read the book can come with us on this journey. Yes, sure. It's a little girl very in a very poor part of North Carolina on the marshlands and she's um, she's abandoned by most members of her family. Um, but against all odds, against all odds in this in the nine, it's set in the 1950s, um, she manages to find and connect with some people that help her um, and grow up and she manages to survive and um, cook for herself and manage the water and and she becomes an expert she becomes an expert on the marsh the um, the marshlands and the the um, the vegetation the birds all the animals it's amazing actually yeah it's quite entrancing all the descriptions of the natural world that she and she becomes an expert and then <clears throat> There is there, as you say, there is which I love. I love a bit of crime. Mm. Um, so it um, it goes it goes to and fro a bit to the sixties and and back um, about an incident that happens. Someone someone that she knows is is murdered or or there is an accident. We don't know which, and um, and um, suspicion falls on her because she, like she's the other. She's the marsh girl, and um, and you don't know you don't know the reader doesn't know if it's if um, she's guilty or but you just read about her and then um, there's a twist at the end it's it's great it's great um, so it becomes this quite it's quite funny actually it becomes this it was this slow moving gentle book a little bit you're always a little bit scared because she was so vulnerable and then it becomes then the pace quickens and um, and then there's this twist so you find it you have to keep on reading it's um yeah, it's it's an amazing story of survival, really, and, oh, yeah. and prejudice. It's quite um, it's quite weird. It's strange to read about the prejudice against the black people at that time, and the African Americans, and have they have their own village, and and even and the Marsh Girl is um, people are prejudiced. They think that she's like white trash, and um, and how she pushes back against that prejudice, and and um, learns to read and. And just a couple of people along her journey helped helped her. Otherwise, she would have. You don't just don't know what would have happened to her. She's just so vulnerable, though. So you you are quite worried for her throughout the book. But then she she comes, she makes it. So yeah, it's um it's great actually. It's very inspiring, don't you think, Lou? I found it incredibly mm. inspiring. And, and just her, some of her survival skills, I mean, because obviously, like you yes. mentioned, she was abandoned. I think she was first abandoned at age six and then uh. by the bulk of her family, then her dad did come back and forth for a little bit. But so she was essentially by herself uh. from the age six. She had she was initially given a small amount of money by her dad, but then after a while he disappeared. Yeah. And and then she, she was really savvy. So she learned that she had to go and catch mussels and fish in order to basically earn money to buy supplies. Yeah. And, um, and I love the fact that there are a couple of people that really looked out for her, like you mentioned. Um, yeah. so the gorgeous Jumpin with an apostrophe at the end of his name. <laughs> exactly. He was gorgeous and his beautiful wife, Mabel, and wife. they were just so kind. They saved I, her. 
they saved her, Lou. They absolutely saved ah. her, you know. And if it wasn't for that, I don't know, you know, who knows where she would have ended up. And I think we can also mention um, the, the kindness, and it's a little bit more complicated, though, of, of the other of the other male, um, yes. um, I was going to say cast member, but um, is um, is Tate, <laughs> who was also very, very kind and obviously was, you know, we, we can say was, was was a love interest down the, down, down the track, but, you know, that's also complicated. Mm, taught her to read and... Oh, and, my God. Yes. Incredible. So that, be, that led to her becoming this this expert naturalist and writing the books and yes yeah so she's um yes and he was a beautiful he's a beautiful guy it's um it's amazing that she had him but there's also a twist there too yeah as you say complicated relationship Very, very complicated relationship. Absolutely. So there are so many aspects to this, so many layers. It deals with like social prejudice and racial prejudice. It deals with loneliness because this poor, gorgeous girl was Mm. abandoned. Um, And, you know, I suppose the impact of your childhood, how it can, has a profound effect on your, you know, your presentation as an adult and your mental health. Um, Mm. and And who you trust. Mm. Oh, exactly, and and how impo- how hard it is to trust once you've been abandoned, I suppose, and been let down. Yeah, 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 yeah. And and the isolation that can sort of compounds, I suppose, as a result of that. And the other mm. thing I liked was as well, Louis, Louis was um, you know, how kindness and reaching out to people in their hour of need can actually just completely change their trajectory. If you look again at Mabel and and Jumpin, and I think that yes. when I was reading this, yeah. obviously, we're in the middle of this lockdown and I know things are getting better but we've still got a lot of people who are finding life really tough with um, mm. mental health issues and yes um, and isolation yeah we're all lonely everyone's lonely not everyone can't see everyone and have just those normal into even like not with friends even just with people in shops or in the street or walk out or so we, yeah, we're missing all those just those small everyday interactions which might yeah, which we feel, but then which other people might feel even more if they're living by themselves. They they're not getting their so just their basic interaction exactly. with people unless it's on social media or whatever, which is a different level. But people really need people. You and um, mm. people need people, and I think Jumpin yeah. and Mabel did that. And then, and as you say, yeah. they saved her, they changed her trajectory. So, I think that was really, really, really powerful. Um, but let's chat a little bit about Delia Owens. And I need to actually apologise because in the podcast last week, I actually made a mistake and said she was a British author. So, for those of you that heard that and thought, Alex, you're wrong. I know I was wrong. Apologies, girls. <laughs> Apologies. She you can't is. Can't be right all the time. You can't be right all the time, Louie. I'm superhuman, actually. Very, 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 <laughs> um, very human. But look, she actually—it's so interesting. Um, she's actually an American wildlife scientist. She's a, mm. also described as a zoologist, and this is her first work of fiction. But she has co-authored three described as best-selling international non-fiction books about her time living in Africa. But, but God, for a mm. first novel, imagine pulling this off as your first novel. Wouldn't you be proud of yourself? Wow. This is astounding. It's astounding, really. It's astounding. It's, it's so good. It's, it's so good. so good. And, and as I do, I try to get into the author's head because I find it so interesting as to, you know, their background and what's prompted yeah, them. Yeah, the it. context, yeah. Yeah. And she, she's quoted as saying that she never really thought she could write a novel and she just thought she'd have a go. God. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> it's a really? for everybody. Yeah. Never thought she could do it. But she, and she, got, she started working on it about a decade ago and she got the idea. Oh. When she, yeah. And she got the idea when she actually was um, living in Africa. She said that 
although the story is invented, um, she actually drew on her experience when she lived in the wilderness cut off from society because when she, she grew up in Georgia and she said she spent most of her free time outside in the woods. Um, yes. and, and then in 1974, um, her and her husband at the time set off to study wildlife in Africa. And they set up a research camp in the Kalahari Desert in Botswana. And they actually became quite renowned, her and her husband, for setting up a foundation. And they provided actually quite, quite interestingly some job training and microloans and education to villagers. But they also oh, became right, really, right. yeah. But they became really involved in the, the whole, whole enterprise. Anti- yeah. Yeah, but the whole anti-poaching movement. They got really involved in that and oh, protecting right. the wildlife. Good. But in 1995, one of their big anti-poaching missions actually ended in tragedy when a poacher was apparently shot and killed in an incident. And, um, oh. yeah, but there was never any discussion that her and her husband were involved. They weren't there at the time of the shooting. But after it happened, they left Africa and never returned. <laughs> and she's been, unfortunately, oh, okay. yeah. It's interesting, but she's been bugged by this for many years. She claims she's had nothing to do with the shooting and she was never accused of any wrongdoing, but it sort of haunted her, this this sort of, this, this you know, this tragedy. Um, and oh, did people talk about, did yeah. people accuse her or? Yes, they did. That's exactly right. Oh, oh, right. Yeah. Oh. She was accused ah. strongly, actually. Um, and when oh, she's accused God. strongly, she brings it back to the novel and she says that she likens her experience to the ordeals that Kaya went through, um, who was subjected to vicious rumours and, and was ostracised. Um, and you just got to put mm. your head down and, um, you know, keep going. And, yeah. I just thought that was um, really interesting. Oh, right, right. So she's had a taste of the rejection and the like the name calling and just the shunning by mainstream society. Right, right, right. Yes. Right. Which is probably why she yes. so beautifully about it. Yes. Um, yes. Yeah. So I think that's really interesting. I think that's really interesting. But, um, but anyway, but, but Louis, tell me, how did the book make you feel when you were reading it? Well, the first, I've got to confess that um, the, all the descriptions of the, of the marshlands and everything starting out, I thought, oh, I, I, I thought this is a bit hard work. There was a lot of description yeah. in the first few pages, yeah. and um, and then I thought, is is anything going to happen, or is it more like a, just a just very gentle descriptive book? And but then I've got to say, by the end of it, I was loving the description. She um, Delia, she educates the reader on the marshland. So by the end of it, you're 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 looking forward to all the descriptions of the birds and the feathers and the and the different grasses and the, the water and the, I did start off going, oh, this is a bit slow. We just with a lot of, I'm quite wordy with the descriptions. But then in the end, I absolutely loved it. And then a court case and everything. I just read through that all in one sitting. So I just, I basically read the book in two sittings. I didn't want, you didn't want the book to end, but you did want to know what happened and that's so interesting. It. Yeah. And I think you and I were chatting that I also struggle with that, with that detail. And I, I wasn't sure because I was feeling a bit unwell, but I have to say yeah. I did find the initial, initial descriptions a little bit tedious and, and, yeah. and I, I did, I'm being really honest. And I thought, oh, okay, no, no, just come oh, on. Alex. Yeah. And, I was, and I was counting every 10 pages thinking, okay, you got to get to 50 pages. Come on, you can oh, do no. this. <laughs> Yeah, but the first, yeah, that's, that's fine. The first, the first 50 pages and then, and then it, yeah, and then, and then you Luke, thought she was going to be all right. 
Exactly. But then it just blossomed. And as you said, by the time I got to the end, I was loving the gorgeous descriptions of her shells mm. and her feathers and oh, her yeah, time the shells with the and- seagulls with the seagulls and I look forward to them. In fact, I actually have gone back and reread some of them. So I think you could say Yeah, that. I think I will too. Yeah. The Delia took us on a bit of a journey, Lou. You can oh, argue, you know. She, she gave did. us an appreciation. If we initially weren't into it and then by the end we were, I have to say thank you, Delia. Yeah. yeah. I'd say if I went over to North Carolina I would, and there was a Delia, there was a Crawdads tour, I'd go on a wildlife tour because she's, She's, you know, told us so much. She's educated us about it. I'd, I'd go on a, I feel like going there and, and checking it out now. I agree. I agree. Yeah. I agree. See, and then that all relates back to the wonderful Julia Baird's phosphorescence, you know, the wonder, the mm. power of nature and yeah. how important yeah. it is to wonder and realise that, you know, you're actually quite small and all of that. So I loved all that. Mm. I loved all that. So um, the book, the book said this. So yes, I struggled with the detail. I struggled with the detail, but the book also made me feel um, completely proud of Kaya and her journey. And I have to do a oh, shout yeah. out to the wonderful mumcologist. Um, I don't know your name. I just know you as mumcologist. Thank you, my friend, for your wonderful um, sharing your wonderful thoughts on this book. She also said that she was just so proud of Kaya at the end and the journey mm. she had come on and overcoming the incredible adversity of, of surviving as a six-year-old. I mean, mm. it's unheard of. Um, so I felt incredibly proud. The other thing I felt, Lou, is that the other the other key male um, character, Tate. I just yes. thought, as a mother of boys, what an outstanding boy he was what an incredibly yes. respectful um well-informed kind compassionate almost a new age man in the 1950s he was ahead of his time yes. yeah i loved i uh, loved him how, how where did he come from but uh, yeah where does this empathy and this this kindness and this gentleness come from he's just a standout he's a standout standout. and i and i I also think that one of the reasons he's a standout is that there was a bit of discussion about his father and his father who was called supper s-u-double-p-e-r scooper scooper scupper scupper sorry doll scoppy scupper yeah scupper was the oysters or something yeah oh thank you that there we are but he was an incredible role model because remember how he used to recite poetry with his son yes and like I, a renaissance man. Yeah. And in many, he was a renaissance man. I love that, Lou. I love yeah. that. Um, Played opera. Yeah. Played the beautiful music. I know. I know. I know. And what a contrast, Gosh. Lou, between mm. the role modelling that Tate received and the wonderful parenting. It was only one parent, but the wonderful yes. parenting he received in comparison to Kai. Now, obviously, you know, Kai, Kai, Kai was able to, you know, call on her own instincts and ended up being okay. But the different trajectory people go on as a result of the, you know, the, the power of a parent is incredible, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, yeah. Thought that was that, that's right. That's right. Her Kaya's father was just um, gone very bad, and um, and um, but Tate's um, Tate's father was a beautiful man, but just very um, very plain. But he he knew what he liked, and he liked the beautiful music, and then, and just uh, all the poetry. There's a lot of poetry throughout. There is, and there I won't is. give that, that away. There's a lot of poetry, and. Um, and that adds to the book as well, doesn't it? It's absolutely. I think it takes it to a new level. It's it's not just a hard hard scrabble story about a poor girl who overcomes. That it is all lifted by the by the added the poetry and the and the the father listening to you know music and the opera while he does his work and absolutely yes. Yes. It gives a different dimension, doesn't it? it? Gives a different dimension. Now, Lou, what was your favourite part of the book? 
I think it must have been when she was getting to when she was learning how to read with Tate. Same. And then it just opened up this whole new world and the fact that she could do it and it was just a like as I was saying um, to you previously, she was just so vulnerable and it, so it's quite tense reading the book because you feel so worried for her. But then this is just a reprieve for the for the reader actually when Tate's teaching her how to read and and she and she gets it and um then she she goes the other to the other extreme and learns all the Latin names and incredible. He gives her all, that's just uh, that's that's my favourite bit. Just <laughs> selfishly because I offered the reader a little bit of a reprieve from that the sinister feeling that something was bad was going to happen to her. I felt so worried for her, but then she 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 manages through. So that that I like that. I do too. And I wonder, Lou, if it's because that at that moment, um, and actually there's this beautiful quote, and I'm going to share it because again, thank you, mumcologist, you and I are very much on the same page. There's a quote that, that she says, she says to Tate, um, I wasn't aware yeah. that words could hold so much. I didn't know a sentence could be so full. And I yeah. think that just sums it up. And I wonder, yeah. Yeah. and I wonder as well, Louis, is when she starts. I read that twice too. Yeah, it was beautiful, that bit. It was beautiful. But when she starts to read, it's almost like she's taking the power back. It's very empowering. And I think maybe as a reader, that's why we think, yes, okay, yes, she's yes. going to be able to read. She's going to, you know, her survival skills are going to be, you know, she's going to be in better shape to be able to make a life for herself. So it does help you yes. relax as a reader. Yes. <laughs> I know. Yeah, she's, she's, it was a power. Exactly. It's a, it's a transfer of power, the power of education, the power of reading. The, yes. Yeah, so she had all her other skills. She could, she learned, she taught herself to cook. She taught herself to navigate the, do the boat um, and to hide when, when people came looking for her and all that. But we knew she was going to be all right. That was, I was so happy for her. I, I was so happy for her because she only had that one day at school. And I thought if she's illiterate and she didn't know money and the lady in the shop had to count out coins for her and everything. So you did worry for her. But after that, you thought, oh no, she's going to be all right. She's going to be all right. Exactly right. I totally agree, Lou. Now, is there was there one passage in the book that you had to reread? Have you, did you reread a few things, or did you just go go through? Yes, just with the prejudice. There was a pub in town. Um, women weren't allowed in the pub, but they. And then there was a, a window on the side where where ladies could pick up a drink or maybe pick up some food or something. But then it said um, coloureds weren't allowed at, in the pub or at the window, and it's just so. Um, so hard reading stuff like that. And then in the courtroom in 1970 with the, the couple that had supported, supported Kaya all throughout, I mean, she wouldn't really be alive if it wasn't them. Um, and they, they sat in the downstairs in the white section of the courtroom. And I read that twice and then there were complaints made to the bailiff and then the judge said, whatever. Um, but I, did, I thought, what, 1970? And, and people felt they could complain about African-Americans sitting in a, in a, in the main section of a courtroom that they thought obviously thought they should sit upstairs or be shuttled or stand up the back or wait outside. But I thought that was mind blowing. Yeah. yeah couldn't agree more, Lou. Couldn't yeah. agree more. Absolutely. I think for me, um, that when she learned to read was incredible. Um, I have to say that mm. um, I want to give, give a shout out to the lovely Margot Mason because Margot Mason um, said she thinks this is the book of her lockdown period. She, she absolutely raved about this, but she said she had to reread the ending three times. And I'm a little bit with Margot and we're not going to go into any details because you, you have to read the book yeah, you I have did. to get to the ending. But she reread the ending three times because I think there was such a twist it was so satisfying yes. and it and it also left so many yes. questions 
which I wish we could discuss now, but we can't because we'll give spoilers away. So um, I think... I know, I know. Maybe we should have part two. I know you needed to process that. You needed to process that last bit. So don't read ahead, anyone. Yeah, don't read exactly <laughs> Don't right. read ahead. You ruin it for yourself. So, Louis, did, did this book remind you of any anything else you've read before? Well, I do have to say to kill a mockingbird a yeah. bit with the prejudice and the treating of, you know, um, people who are not mainstream society and um, just the prejudice against um, and people calling her dirty in the street and not, not letting their children be anywhere near her and what yeah. about you? Like, likewise, Louis, for me, it was all about To Kill a Mockingbird. The themes were so similar. You know, that wonderful quote by Atticus Finn, mm. you know, that you don't really understand a man until you walk around in his shoes was so incredibly relevant, I thought, to this. Um, yep. Yeah, absolutely. And look, I think if we just, because I know we've got to wrap it up because people have got to get on with the next book. But um, but I think, you know, for me, some of the, <laughs> there's a lot to read. But um, look, the key, the key themes, I suppose, for me were, you know, the loneliness and the rejection and the abandonment that this yeah. gorgeous girl suffered, um, but how she was able to push through this adversity and, and, and build a life for herself. I thought that was so inspiring. Um, yes, yeah. So inspiring. Um, and you could also argue that the, the healing power of kindness and compassion with Mabel and yes. Jonathan were also was a real standout theme. But the other thing I really wonder about, Louis, is why this book has been such a success. And there's actually been a lot of speculation about why it's just resonated with so many people. Like we said earlier, 2019, it was probably one of the biggest sellers worldwide in the English-speaking world anyway. It topped all the book lists and was there for ridiculous amounts of time. And in fact, it still is in many countries in 2020. So why is it that it was such a success? And I wonder if it's because it deals with uncertainty and loneliness and human isolation in a time when we're all feeling completely uncertain. Now, obviously, 2020, we're going through the corona pandemic, and uh, but, but this, this popularity occurred before that. And is it a result of many people feeling quite disenfranchised in our highly technical, technological age? Is it because a loneliness epidemic is... Is, is just that it is loneliness is a very very big issue for society and people are feeling disconnected and disenfranchised and does the story of Kaya and her workshopping of her uncertainty and her loneliness and the resolution I suppose that the book provides actually gives people a little bit of a blueprint on for example human connection so Obviously, Kaya had very few human connections. She really only had three standouts. But is there a message here that if you are feeling lonely and, and, and disconnected, but you do have a few connections available to you, make them quality connections because you don't need a million. You don't need a thousand. You just need quality human connection. I think that's really, really key. Exactly. Exactly. That's right. If you've only got a couple, don't worry that you're not as popular or you don't seem to have as many connections as you know, your girlfriend's up the street or whatever, don't worry, just work on the, the connections that you do have and make sure that they're solid. And, mm. and also I just love the, the theme, which I always think about a lot, um, just the kindness of strangers, mm. just how one simple gesture from someone, if you're out and about and being kind in the traffic or some everyday interaction, or you're making a comment to some, not like an older person who's by themselves, or I always tell my boys, just, just be kind and be open to 
being kind and you know keep your eyes open make eye contact and and be ready to connect with people and um i've had so many great conversations with people over the years standing in the street <laughs> people are, if i'm out with the children when they were young a lady and i remember an old lady came by and started talking and saying oh, i've got two, i've got two boys and now one of them one of them's um had an accident when he was overseas and so I've only got my son he's in England now and and just she basically told me her life story about her boys and we just stood on the we stood on the street corner for half an hour and had a chat and and I and then she wandered off and I wandered off and I just thought wow uh, so I love I that happens to me a lot people just chat and we tell a story and have a chat and then we wander off and I thought oh well I'll never see that person again but and you can give someone, like an older person or a lonely person or someone who's by themselves, if you can give them like 10 minutes of attention, that will probably keep them going for the week. So I always tell the boys to, to make a connection with people. You know, don't, don't just be in such a hurry that you, you can't. So it is a bit of a luxury if you can, if you do have time to be out and about and to make the connections. But if you can, if you do have time, make an effort to, to reach out to people and, and have a chat. Yeah, no, I totally agree, Mo. I totally agree. Yeah. And how relevant is that for what we're going through now? You know, how relevant mm, I mean, mm. the loneliness epidemic was 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 a, de- a big deal before the COVID nineteen pandemic. So yeah, you know, there are a lot of people that are that are that are not coping. And so I suppose that's that's my takeaway again. And it seems to be my takeaway <laughs> from everything we read these days. But if there's, <laughs> gosh, but if there's something you know, if there's something books you are, can do, books are fantastic. Yes, yeah. Books are so fantastic because they just remind you again of, you know, I suppose of what you can do to help to help others and to make someone's mm. life a little bit happier and, and to warm someone's heart. And so if there's something you can do that would actually, you know, make someone's day, it's a phone call, it's leaving someone a cappuccino at their doorstep, whatever mm. do it because you'll change the you'll change the course of their day you'll warm their heart yes. and um you know i think we all need to we have a responsibility to do what we can for others and i think the other thing i just want to mention lou is um obviously that kaya was this outsider you know and i think it was so yeah. interesting you know and the other and, uh, mm. hearing her story and i think if it, it also helps us um generate an empathy i suppose for people who are on the mm. our society because you know a lot yeah. of our narrative and dialogue in society is about you know the, the people that are playing you know the, the main major players in the game but there are a lot of people who live on the fringe who don't mm. have access to education and don't have access to family and support networks and um and i think it was a great opportunity to to get a bird's eye view and, and develop an empathy for people who are you know outsiders but better mm. or worse did you yeah. find alex that you're the whole time you're reading this, this your mind's going your mind's you're thinking you're thinking about other things as you say you're putting other things you, you think about you read the book but it's making you think about your life it makes you think about your own life and the way as you say the way that you can reach out and make connections to people and and the importance of kind gestures and i, I found I've, i read the book but also i'd think about it when i wasn't reading it and then it would it would affect my daily life. I think, oh right, you know, yes. vulnerability of yeah. children and um, and old people and people that, I mean, there's a lot of very nice people out there, but they are by themselves and and maybe just. So I did ring up a, a couple of girlfriends actually, <laughs> just to make the connection. When I was reading the book, I thought, oh, they're by themselves, so I'll ring them. Um, so this book, it. It sort of makes you a, a better a better person because it, it engages you and it makes you look out to the world and 
and and think, oh well, you know, one person can make a difference. That's that's what I thought. Yeah, Louis, I think you've just summed that up so well. That is absolutely it. You've encapsulated it. You know, one person can make a difference. And I think those and I think that's why it's been such a big hit because I think the books that make us better people, the books that make us look inside, look internally and, and work out what we can do to, to work on ourselves and improve are the other powerful books. Yeah, yeah. That, that's yeah. why I think it's been such a success. I agree. And it's funny, you know, sometimes when I finish reading a book, I mean, this was back in my days where I used to read a lot and I'm getting back into that, that, that I could go from yeah. one book to the other. I'd pick, I'd finish a book and I'd finish and I think, okay, what's the next one? But with this one, I yeah. can't, this one I need, I need, I needed processing time because I needed, yeah, yeah. first of all, workshop the ending in my own head, but you know, please people, you've <laughs> got to read it. But also there were so many, so many messages and it had such a profound effect on me. I, I, I still need a few yeah. more days actually. Yeah. Same. Yeah. Same. I'm, I'm telling, I'm telling everyone about the book now. Yeah. I'm saying, go and get this book. It's amazing. It's amazing actually. Yeah. Cause it, cause it does make you work on yourself as well. Yeah. Well, the power of a book. The, oh, power, the power of a book. Of a book. I, absolutely, yeah. I absolutely agree. Well, look, can I just say thank you, my friend. It's always so lovely to see you and thank you for thank you for putting up with the fact that my hair looks shocking and I'm 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 no dolls you look lovely grade who cares (laughs) who cares say C grade (laughs) who cares my friend who cares but uh thank you doll for reading it's always so lovely to read a book with with, in conjunction with someone I know you're going to have a good old solid chat so thank you for being part of our book really so we'll get on to i'll get on to the next one this is great this is such a good initiative of yours oh thank you bringing Dolph. everyone together to have a listen it's really good oh look i i look at it is it's just so lovely to you know to read books and discuss themes with like-minded people is just is, is, is a joy yeah. isn't it you know it's one of the few yeah. joys we have at the moment it's a bit so. of a luxury and it's a joy I know. I agree. Absolutely. But look, I also want to give, I also want to give a big shout out to, look, I've had so much response to this book. So there's lots of names that I want to share. There's mm. a lovely lady called Nicola Davis, who shared some really good thoughts and she's loved it. Libby Sherrard, Sarah McLean, Antoinette, Shauna, Mel Young, Rachel Mann, the list goes on. Prue Calloway. So many lovely ladies who've read really? this book. Yeah, LaPruy, um, who've read this book and who've shared some thoughts. And I mentioned before the mumcologist and Margot, and then of course your lovely self, Lou. Um, so, uh, so thank you, everyone. It just makes all the difference when we're reading it together. So, um, so thank you, thank you, thank you. Yeah. And I'm before we go, I'm just going to tell you about next week because yes, we have sure. another book <laughs> next week. Next week is the book called The Weekend by Charlotte Wood. Now. I'm going to be honest and say that I'm, I, I don't know a lot about this book at the moment because I'm still, as I said, I'm still, uh, you know, processing <laughs> <laughs> where the crawdads sing. But, um, and in fact, actually, the lovely mumcologist in one of her um, comments, and I was so grateful to her, said that she has, and I think this is the perfect description, a book hangover from where the crawdads sing. And doesn't that sum yeah, up? Yeah, that, that's a good term. That's exactly right. Yeah, so I've still got the book hangover. It may, I might have some Barocca and it may pass tomorrow, but uh, I will get onto the weekend. But but if you've got the weekend or or if you just want to download, a, you know, obviously an e-book um, on your Kindle app or whatever, do that because we'll be discussing that at the same time next week. So stay well, everybody. And look, there is hope. You may be able to have um, people over for Mother's Day. Um, there is hope on the horizon that life is, is getting a little bit back to normal in Australia. Mm-hmm. Hang on to that, people. We're nearly there. 
Wendy. Happy Mother's Day, everyone. Yeah, happy Mother's Day to all the beautiful mums out there. Not going to be quite the same this year. Probably not as many handmade gifts and uh, random items from school fates, but that's okay, you know. (laughs) We've had years of those. We love those and treasure. How many candles can one person need anyway? Anyway, no, that's a whole <laughs> conversation. We love those very much. But anyway, everyone, stay well. Happy Mother's Day. Lots of love. And we'll see you next week. Thank you, Louis, again, Dull. Pleasure. Bye now. <laughs>